Australians, it's time to take back your country. We have to judge our politicians, not by what they say, but what they do. And if we judge them by what they do, it's hard not to come to the conclusion that our politicians, most of them, our politicians despise young Australians, perhaps almost as much as they obviously despise self-funded retirees, mum and dad farmers, and our veterans, because by their actions, the only reasonable conclusion to come to is they must despise them, and they do, apparently, despise young Australians. Otherwise, why did they load them with so much unnecessary debt? Had they not followed Beijing, had they checked on world's best practice when the communists released the virus from China, had they followed world's best practice, they would have known that the amount of debt they incurred was totally unnecessary. The Taiwanese had a much better result than we did. They had a much better result without any lockdown, without any massive government debt. They did it by sealing their borders in the same way that we did. Perhaps better than we did because they always had a very closely enforceable home quarantine. They didn't just depend on hotel quarantine. And they did it so successfully that they had about a tenth of the deaths that we've had with about the same population. And they never had the advantage that we have of being a remote island or two islands. They're an island, true, but they're very close to Beijing. They still did far better than we did without incurring a debt, without a needless lockdown. Those are just communist solutions, which our government learned from Beijing. So they've imposed this massive debt, which has to be paid someday. It'll be paid either by actually repaying it or by just inflating the currency and wrecking the economy. But that's not the only way our politicians obviously despise the young. And they do this in education. Education is in a mess. We have probably one of the most expensive education systems in the world, and it is not delivering. Our standards are falling in those areas where these can be internationally compared in reading, in mathematics, and in science. And we are behind countries which once we led. We're behind particularly in relation to Singapore, which is the best performing country. We're years behind in mathematics and science, and we're about a year behind in reading. And not only that, we've let the neo-Marxists, no matter which party's in power, the neo-Marxists run education. They've taken over education, they've taken over the curriculum, 
They've got rid of history, real history. They've got rid of values. And they've introduced teaching methods which just do not work. Whether they've done this deliberately, I don't know. They certainly don't seem to like Australia. And the result is we're well behind, even in one aspect, even in relation to Kazakhstan. It is a mess, and the politicians are entirely to blame because ultimately they are in charge. And that's not the only thing. The dream, the dream of all young Australians to get their own home is fast disappearing. We've never been for many years in such a bad situation in relation to housing costs. Housing costs are now out of control and prices are going up so much so that no young person, unless they have very rich parents, unless they're very rich, could possibly think of buying a house in the principal housing markets. There's been an international study, which I'll refer to in the text. The text will be on the Good Source site. And what that international study, and they've compared the situation in different countries very well by looking at the median housing price and the median income, dividing it by the median income, that's the halfway income, and they found that every major housing market in Australia is not just unaffordable, it's extremely unaffordable. And Melbourne is the sixth worst in the world. And Sydney, Sydney is the third worst, more expensive even than London or San Francisco. And that's an appalling situation. And the governments are continuing with their policies which will only increase the prices of houses. Well, very well for those who already have houses, but once you have a house, what you can, what can you do? If you want to move, you have to, you have to buy another house, which is equally expensive. All right for the very rich, but certainly not for your average young Australian. And this is completely the fault of the politicians. Politicians will say to the market, well, first, the Reserve Bank has expropriated, they've taken the income from deposits from the self-funded retirees, they've expropriated it, they've taken it away and they've handed out such low loans on houses that the result is, people think, not paying much interest, the result is the prices just go up. As soon as you lower the interest rates, from a reasonable interest rate, then the prices just go up equally. Nobody is better off. The Reserve Bank is out of control. The politicians will hide behind the argument. The Reserve Bank is independent. The Reserve Bank Act gives them the power to override the Reserve Bank whenever they wish, and they just don't want to do it. But the bigger reason, the bigger reason, that housing prices are so high is we live on the most sparsely inhabited continent in the world. The least inhabited continent in the world. And yet we have 
some of the most expensive housing prices. How can this be? It's because we're crammed into three major housing markets, Southeast Queensland, Greater Sydney, Greater Melbourne, and people are crammed into these markets. They're living on top of one another, and yet we have the most sparsely developed, sparsely inhabited continent in the world. And the politicians refuse to engage in serious development outside of Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane, where all the seats are. Seats in the country are falling, seats in the cities are rising. So the politicians think, oh, well, we will only do what we need to do in the capital cities. The only trigger of development in this country, to a country where we've got a lot of water but in the wrong places, is to move the water around. And there have been three great plans for that. The Bradfield Plan, to bring waters down from Queensland into the Murray-Darling. The Beale Plan, to bring the Clarence into the Murray-Darling, biggest river in New South Wales. And then also the, the Biggs Plan. The Biggs Plan in Western Australia, to bring the water down from the north down to the south of Western Australia and water that great state. The plans are there. The politicians refuse to have any serious plan to harvest water in this country. Hence, there will be no development outside of the cities. And then they add to this. They bring in a large number of immigrants. And immigrants are good. But they're bringing them into the existing crowded, crammed, housing markets, transport markets of Greater Sydney, Greater Melbourne and Greater Brisbane. And that will only push the prices of houses up even further. What the politicians have to do in relation to immigration is to wait until the immigrants can go to where housing is cheaper and they can't go there because there's no work there and there's no work there because None of the big towns in Australia have sufficient water for development, nor do the farms. And the third thing they have to do is they have to return electricity to being what it was a few years ago among the cheapest electricity in the world instead of making it the dearest electricity in the world. And that's because they believe in the global warming hoax. They believe in that while the Chinese communists are laughing all the way to the bank. They are making promises too, but this is a country which promises to observe human rights and practices slave labor and uh, does other things which are contrary to human rights. So we have this terrible situation in Australia and the young in particular are suffering. Their education is poor. Their housing is far too expensive to fulfill their dream of getting their own home. And the electricity is far too expensive for there, be to, for there to be sufficient manufacturing. We can't develop this country in terms of mum and dad farms across the country with adequate water because the water isn't sufficient. We have floods, we have droughts, and the water just goes out to sea. And it is the politicians who are failing. 
And that's why I say, and I think many people will agree, we have to control the politicians. It's time, Australians, to take back your country. Thank you.